Hey, if you've suffered an injury in an accident and would like a free case review, make sure you call the super team at Daspit Law Firm. Free consultations are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Dial 713-322-HURT. That's 713-322-HURT. Or you can go to the website, DaspitLaw.com. One is a seasoned sports talk legend. The other is John Granado. It's Del Olaleya and John Granado, live, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Well, I am not John Granado, but as you heard, I am a seasoned sports talk veteran. And like any veteran, I'm going to give you a chance to win some tickets. And we normally give away University of Houston t- tickets. Uh, coming up in about 30 minutes, you're going to hear us with Dana Hogerson, the University of Houston head coach, coming off the win against Sam Houston State. But right now, I'm going to give you a chance to win tickets to a classic legendary band. At 8.05, Caller 10 wins tickets to the American Hard Rock Band Guns N' Roses as they head back out on the road for their 2023 Global World Tour. They're touching down in Houston on September 28th. That's a Thursday. It'll be at Minute Maid. Once again, Caller 10 to 713-780-3776. Wins a pair of tickets to see the show. That's at 8.05. Get your tickets now at LiveNation.com. Guns N' Roses in town, John. Hmm. You going? Uh, get there. I don't know. That's a show night, right? What time is it? It's what a, time will I get out of there if I went to Minute It Mason doesn't matter. If you're going to go to Guns N' Roses, you just... On a Thursday? Yeah. That's this Thursday, by the way. So make sure you can go. That's the 28th. Don't don't call in if you can't be available to, on Thursday this week to go see Guns N' Roses. That's yeah. a good... That's a, those, those are good tickets. By the way, tickets are level 100. So we ain't giving you the nosebleeds to see them at Minute Maid Park. Well, the, the question will be, will they be the last big event between or will, before the before October? Will the Astros be playing games there in October? And this this stretch will determine that. And we've decided that we'd rather have them be on the road and play three games on the road to start the playoffs than play two ga- two game two games at home. Uh, yeah, I think. The sixth seed is the is the most. That's the best. That would be the best option for the Houston Astros playing the Twins in Minnesota. You got to win two out of three there. All three games in Minnesota. It's probably going to be a little cool, but I don't think that bothers them. It's not going to be cold. Uh, I don't believe we'd have to look up the weather in Minnesota next week. It's actually just next week. You, you would start Tuesday, I think. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Well, however, however, I'm, I'm going to look it up right now how that would work yeah, out. The hope is either way that Guns N' Roses isn't the last major event at Minute Maid for the foreseeable future. So let's I, make sure the Astros are playing games at some point at home. Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then the ALDS starts on Saturday. So if Verlander throws the last game on Sunday against Arizona. If you have to have that game, you're going to throw Verlander. If not, you sit him and have him available for Tuesday. If if you're going to win the division, if the Rangers fall apart down the stretch after you beat the snot out of the Mariners, then you could still win the division. you got a chance to still win the division, but it's unlikely. Um, then you can sit Verlander, and he would be available for next week. Or you pitch him on Sunday, and then he wouldn't, he wouldn't have to start until uh, Saturday in the division series. But you hopefully you will have a wild card locked up. You don't have to pitch Verlander. He could pitch Tuesday or Wednesday, Fromber Tuesday or Wednesday, and then uh, Javier on Thursday if necessary. 
that's how you would hope it would shape up. If you have to throw Verlander, though, he would throw Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. He'd be, have to throw on Thursday on three days rest, which not is not advisable. You you hope that's the only thing about being in the wild card is that you don't get to sh- set up your pitching. If in fact you don't want to start Ver- Verlander on three days rest in a must win on Thursday October fifth because that will the team you, I think you still start Verlander in three days rest right I think that's probably the case you'll start Verlander on three days rest uh, Thursday in in either Tampa or in uh, Minnesota if you're the wild card team. But that's where the problem arises with with being a wild card team as opposed to being uh, the division winner because you don't get to set up your pitching. And you're automatically in the division series. Everything about winning the division is better, except for the Astros who can't play at home, who suck at home. It's much better for the Astros to be on the road, which is amazing, amazing. This is like one of the only teams in – I mean, they they have like the fifth, sixth worst record – in, at home record in the whole league, in all of baseball. You'd imagine it starting on the road, not getting a bye as a two, would catch up to them. So you would hope that they would get over their home struggles when it mattered most. But I don't have any faith in that. They couldn't beat the Royals at home once. In a series where you deemed it unacceptable to lose a game, they couldn't win a game. And they they leave, they end their, their run at mid-may this year 39-40. Three games under five hundred. So, what's next for them? I don't. I I pray that the series continues to go well in Seattle, and Justin Verlander got them off to a great start. But I can't say what would be better other than the logical thought of starting at home, saving your pitching. Yeah. But nothing was, has been logical about the season. So go to Minnesota, smack around the Twins. So you like you hit you like the hit. Is it still called Target Field? Yep. You like the hit in Target Field. Yeah. And see see where you land and see see you have to face. Yeah, don't no, be scared of that. You ain't scared of twins. No, let's go. Uh, they got Lewis, who's a who's a pretty good hit. I mean, they're they're. I don't know if Carlos will be. I, there's a rumor he'll be back. We'll see. He's been injured. He's got a foot injury. Um, not the same thing that kept him from signing with the Mets. It's a different. It's an ankle kind of thing, I think. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, this is we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, who knows how this is all going to play? It's just been the weirdest season ever. Astros won last night though, which was really, really good and must. It, it was almost a must-win game because you had to really, really. Boy, you want to talk about the, the Mariners have lost four straight. Just got just got swept by the Rangers, and now, but they're bad people. And they deserve this, if you want to know the truth. <laughs> well, they did laugh. No, they, or they cheered. They, they cheered. You. They gave a standing ovation when El Tube got hit by a pitch in the elbow. Dirty ass trash ass city. It is a dirty ass trash ass city. Nobody wants. To. I mean, it. It really. It's. It's awful. It's. They're awful people, and they deserve to be where they are right now. Now you got Javier on the on the mound tonight against Kirby. Is Kirby going to after the game say I really didn't want to pitch tonight? I don't think he'll ever say anything about not wanting to do something pitching related again after what he did a couple. What is now a couple it's a few weeks ago? A few weeks ago. Now I don't think he'll ever say that again. He, for those of you, who don't I would have. He says, "I wish my manager was Augie Garrido. Give me 150 pitches. I don't care." Right now, I say that he was in a game that he gave up runs in the seventh inning. I believe 
He was his pitch. He said, I, I, "My pitch count was at ninety. I don't even know why I'm still in the game. I was still in the game, but I went in and then I gave up runs. I shouldn't have been in there. A ninety pitch. Roger Clemens retweeted that, or was it? Yeah, it was Roger Clemens yeah, retweeted went, that and went. It went viral. That was not a great move. Not a great look when you don't want to be in the game. Your game when you hit ninety pitches. That's the anti Clemens, Verlander, Gibson." Randy Johnson, he's the anti, uh, I mean, just to say that out loud is stupid. Anyway, that was the guy that did that, and you got him tonight against Christian Javier. Which Javier do we get tonight? I'm going to go... 11 strikeout Javier? I'm going to go 100 pitches through five and two thir- <laughs> five and two thirds Javier. Why do you have to be like that? I'm not, he might not give up any runs. It'll just take a while to get there. Well... You might not give up a lot. So what about this theory about the World Baseball Classic? How many months ago has this been? Uh, and, oh, by the way, he was at his best last game. It's Oh, well, he's really, really tired. So he, you know, I, I can see why he can't pitch right now. What? He was at his best. He struck out 11 guys last outing. He's just wild. <laughs> it's what he is. No, the World Baseball Classic still affecting it's him. It's the now. World Baseball Classic. That made him wild. All right. Justin Verlander, Justin Verlander, um, number 26. Justin Verlander was talking about, and it's hard to understand, so we apologize for that because there's so much background noise. But you know what's good is when there's background noise in Astros interviews, it means that it's not a mausoleum and it's not dead in there, which means they won the game. So that's a positive. He's, I mean, these guys know, okay? They know that they've been playing like crap, and they were able to just flip the switch. Here we are with uh, you know, our destiny still in our hands, and ultimately that's where you want to be. Um, you know, you would like to be able to win a division. I, that's still not obviously out of the um, realm of possibility. But I know, I know this team... As you've seen when we went to Texas and, uh, you know, hopefully today and the, the remainder of this series, when it's time to turn it on, uh, we know how to play um, that type of baseball, um, and we do it really well. Um, you know, so no matter what, if we get there, um, you know, I, I, I love these guys and I love our chances, and, you know, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, listen, they stepped up last night. Huge, huge, huge second inning. Huge hit by Dubon. And he's had some big hits this year, but that was the biggest hit I think he's had this season. Maldonado as well to get him home. It didn't end with just a one-run inning. Altuve right after that getting Maldonado home. Those three in a row changed the entire game. Actually gave Verlander a lead. Verlander then. Verlander's curve was just vicious. It was I mean, even when it was when it was in the zone and guys knew it was coming and were swinging at it, they still couldn't they still couldn't do anything with it. His curve was beautiful last night, and that was that was vintage Justin Verlander. He gave up he goes to the ninth inning, he gives up uh, a double, and then Abreu's got to come in and he gave up the run. So Verlander got charged with one run, but um, eight eight full innings, eight plus. And one run, you'll take that from Justin Verlander every time. He was spectacular. Yeah, he talked about being gassed in the knife. He said he appreciated giving, being given the opportunity to try to close it out. Couldn't get the complete game, but um, that's it, the anti Kirby. But it was, <laughs> yeah, but it was the perfect 
perfect way to start a series. You got great pitching from your ace, and you got timely hitting when it appeared at one point like they were going to waste a leadoff triple. So a perfect start. Lack of stress. The anxiety, I'm sure, dropped, continued to drop as you kept tacking on runs and Verlander got out of that 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 jam he was in when he got the double play from, from Julio Rodriguez. And uh, no complaints. First time in a, quite a while. You couldn't complain about anything. And we talked about it quite a bit in the previous hour that Dusty's moves, if you even if you can even call them moves, it's just like, I'm going to play Dubon, I'm going to play Maldonado when Verlander's out. There's not even a decision being made at this point. Those guys are going to be out there as long as they're healthy when, when Verlander's out there. And those two had really big hits. And unless you love taking shots at Dusty, there was nothing to complain about yesterday. And then hopefully it continues today. And I'm not out of line suggesting that it'll take 100 pitches and five innings from Javier, hopefully he, hopefully the Astros tack on runs and it doesn't matter that much and he gets out of there with the win yeah. and, and we keep go, and we keep moving. Taking two out of three to start the series would be great. And if you can get the sweep, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, even better because I think the only team playing worse than the Astros is the Mariners and, and the pressure's building on them too now. You lose another game to a division opponent after getting swept by the Rangers and you see your, you see your playoff possibilities continue to dwindle they they feel like they gotta win tonight the Astros take this one you might just want to bury the Rangers in that dirty ass trash ass city <laughs> I ain't like that dirty ass trash ass city uh and we've decided it is it certainly is uh D'Amico met the media yesterday to talk about the uh, big win and we will hear from him on the other side right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 what I'm talking about now is Aqueduct Plumbing. Love Billy. Love what he does. Uh, love that that he's always there for us. You need to put his number in your phone. Okay, if you don't have that number in your phone, this number two eight one four eight eight sixty two thirty eight. As a matter of fact, I got somebody asked me yesterday. Okay, what's the uh, plumber's number? Why are you listening to the show and not doing this? I don't understand. I know you're probably in traffic right now, but this is easy. To, you're stopped. Wherever you are, you're stopped right now. So hurry up and put 281-488-6238, 281-488-6238 into your phone because you never know when you're going to need a plumber. It's Aqueduct Plumbing. It's the best. They are, they're, they're dependable. They'll be there. They're Johnny on the spot. They're going to be there. They're going to figure it out in a hurry. They're going to fix it in a hurry. They are going to uh, charge you accordingly and not gouge you because that's what plumbers can do. And, and, and historically, that's what plumbers do do, but that's not what they do. You're looking for the best way when you've got any issue whatsoever, and you can do preventative uh, work as well. 281-488-6238 or aqueductplumbingcompany.com. ESPN 97.5 on... Did you guys know that Lance's wife is running in a marathon in Berlin? Yeah. I also thought she did that like a year ago. Well, covering his show duties are John Granado and Del Olaya, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. All right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. A lot of tough to talk about with the Texans that we didn't get to yesterday. So... Uh, D'Amico met the media yesterday after after watching the film, which was good. And awfully important to get that first win, um, you know, 
Sunday. They have they have a lot of stuff to clean up, a lot of coach talk and whatnot. I am most pleasantly surprised by the wide receivers this year. It was thought to be the worst room, and maybe in the league, maybe the Titans is worse, but the addition of D-Hop, I think, changed that attitude, that the Texans came in with the maybe the worst-ranked wide receiver room. Robert Woods has been really good. Nico has been good, yes, uh, Sunday notwithstanding. He didn't do much. Tank has been a godsend. We saw Mechie actually catch a pass. And, you know, wow, it's it's like night and day from what I thought it would be. Here's D'Amico ta- talking about how he's not surprised what the wide receivers have done. From the wide receiver group, I, I saw a group who was dialed in from our first day of OTAs. So it's not surprising to me you know, what those guys are doing their effort, their intent, and how they were blocking in OTAs, how they were making plays down the field in OTAs, like that showed me the confidence in who those guys were. And they've been consistent. And that's the one thing you have to do in this league. You want to be successful, you have to be consistent. And that's what I've seen from that group. And it all starts with the leader of that group, Robert Woods, and what he brings every day and what he's taught the young guys in that group. And they're mimicking his style and just being consistent, being reliable, and it shows up on Sundays. So, you know, there is something about a culture. There is something about work ethic. There is something about, I mean, I think Fred Van Vliet's going to bring that to, because we heard nothing but, you know, that's just a bad locker room. They don't know how to act. They don't know how to work. They don't get it. They don't know what the NBA really is. And when you get a guy, maybe like Robert Woods, who comes in there, you know, that walk, who, who was teaching Nico before this? You know, uh, Brandon Cook? To mean the, the guy who quit on the team? Not that Brandon Cooks is a bad guy, but Brandon Cooks actually just said, I ain't playing for you no more. Okay, because you got rid of Jack Easterby. He had had enough of being a Texan. Yeah. So, I mean, and you that's, that's what you're learning. Um, so, Robert Woods coming in there. It helps that C.J. Stroud is throwing you the ball. It's nice that yeah, you, ha- you, not, have, you, you, you have a guy at quarterback. Yeah. It certainly changes right. how your receivers play. And but they've done, but they've done more than I thought. I mean, it was very early in the preseason. I think game two, C.J. made a couple nice throws. I'm like, you guys got to catch that. I, yeah. I said they would be the reason why he didn't perform at a level he could because of they they that room not being good enough. And so far, I've certainly been proven wrong there. Uh, that's a room that's played above expectations. You got to credit the system as well. That system certainly enhances wide receiver play along with quarterback play. So I think it's a really good marriage. And the fact you heard D'Amico talk about the stuff beyond why actually playing wide receiver as far as catching the football, he talks about their blocking, their buy-in. And that is not something at least we would have bought in a previous coach saying about previous Texan teams. We didn't. I'm not saying these guys were quitters or didn't care. But the system, but the team itself didn't feel like a team very connected or or locked into what the coaches were telling you, telling them. And maybe because they saw those coaches as part timers. Uh, there's a new energy here where you where you know this is going to be an established regime regime and figure it out, or or they'll go get someone who who does. So all positives so far as far as what we've seen from the coaching staff and um, and the players, particularly in that YRC record. So so you got to be able to get them the ball right. And the offensive line had been really, really bad. And I don't think we uh, gave Bobby Slowick enough credit for what he did on Sunday. 
he saw that 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 CJ was getting killed. He led the league in sacks with eleven. After now, after three weeks, um, he's not only not leading the league anymore with zero sacks on Sunday. He's like seventh or eighth in the league. I saw a list, and their guys are getting just destroyed. And CJ has moved down that list. But CJ under pressure was fantastic on Sunday. He was eight for eleven in blitz against the blitz for 130 yards and two touchdowns. He was pressured on eight of eleven dropbacks against the blitz, despite averaging 2.51 second time, seconds uh, time to, per throw. He was 72.7 uh, percent. That's 72.7 percent. Um, the offensive line played better. The offensive line graded out okay, but the offensive line got a lot of help from tight ends. Uh, from Andrew Beck, from running backs. Uh, that was just a great plan. You know what? We're not going to put as many guys out there in the pattern. We're going to protect CJ. Even though, even against the Blitz, he's going to be pressured. We're not going to be able to hold him off forever. But we're going to give the kid enough time to make a quick decision. And what did he do? He made quick decisions. Here's D'Amico talking about the improved offensive line play. Yeah, with the protection, it was, again, this group effort from up front, all, all five offensive line, but it's also the tight ends, the backs, it's the quarterback. Everybody helps out in protection. So it's not just the offensive line. The offensive line did a really great job, but thought our backs stepped up. They protected well. CJ did a very good job of delivering the ball on time, getting it out quick, speeding up his process when he needed to speed it up versus pressure. So it's, uh, it was a team effort when it came to the protection. But credit to the O-line, they did a really nice job. Really nice job. I mean, but it was more than just the offensive line. Just more than just the offensive line. Let me throw some numbers at you on C.J. Stroud so far this year. 89.3 PFF. He's third in the league at 89.3. Um, on, on this, oh, excuse me, excuse me. This is on targets past the sticks. So he's throwing these on, on deep balls. Yeah, deep so balls. these aren't the check downs. These are... Throwing the ball down the field, which is, he's been giving a lot of credit for uh, yeah. throughout. Just listen to NFL media. 89.3 uh, pro football focus grade. That's third. 9 of 14, 183 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 147.3 passer rating. Here is C.J. Stroud on third down. On third down in 2023. First in TD interception ratio, 3.0. First in yards, 397. First in completions, 32. Tied for first in pass TDs, uh, three. Tied for first in big pass plays, 20-plus yards. Second in completion percentage, 76.2. Second in passer rating, 128.8. These are spectacular numbers. Spectacular numbers. When you're on third down, in, in crucial situations, you are, you are this good, as good as CJ is. That's three games in, so we gotta, we got we to gotta slow down just a little bit. But and then there's this that the number of passes that he has thrown where he hasn't thrown an interception, best ever. He's the best ever. 121 passes. Next best was Warren Moon at 103, I believe. 103 passes in the NFL as a rookie, and you haven't thrown an interception. CJ's 100 at 121 and counting right now. I, I don't I, I don't want to put too much emphasis on that because Peyton Manning threw 28 interceptions his rookie year. And they were three and thirteen. The next year they were thirteen and three. And he was Peyton Manning. So is it that big a deal that he's not throwing interceptions? I, I, 
listen, I would rather have Aaron Rodgers. I'm not that Peyton Manning, but I would rather have Aaron Rodgers who didn't throw for how long he didn't throw an interception. It was forever. Remember, he went through that that one uh, stretch where he didn't throw an interception. It, you ask any coach, I'd rather have a guy who doesn't throw interceptions than interceptions. It's it's not even arguable. It is a really really good stat, and it shows how how advanced this kid is. Out of, Warren Moon had played six years already in the in in the CFL in pro football I, before I, he came. I think it depends on how you get to the number. Like if we're and you've laid it out that it isn't this way, but if he's throwing checkdowns and 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 he's just avoiding putting the ball, I guess quote unquote in harm's way or pushing the ball down the field, then the the number is less impressive if you aren't even taking any chances down the field. But he is doing that. He's putting the ball down, throwing the ball down the field and being accurate and reading defenses and not throwing it in harm's way. So that number gets more impressive as we start to combine it with the shots down the field, the ability to push it and, and gain and get big plays. Because, I mean, some quarterbacks, and, you, and the one who got picked ahead of him is playing a much different style of football. Could be because of his size, because of the offense. Bryce Young, or the receivers he's throwing to, Bryce Young, when he's on the field and not hurt, is playing in a 10-yard box most of the time. Yeah. User, because whether it be... Like the, Joe Burrow last night yeah, for the most part. Yeah, Joe Burrow, um, that's a game that the, the Bengals won, but it didn't look like the Joe Burrow. We we come to know because of the injury, he can't he can't extend plays. We saw any pressure that came his way, he was getting that ball out of there really quick because holding on to the football means trying to escape, and he can't do that right now because of the calf. But uh, just back to Stroud... You combine all that stuff, and it's very encouraging because he's not afraid to stand in there, push the ball down the field, and he's being—I won't even say careful—he's he's putting the football where it needs to be to avoid uh, turnovers. And I think the measure would be, you know, PFF have has all these different grades, and a certain certain uh, analytics people do too. Turnover-worthy plays, because it's one thing not to throw a pick, because if a guy drops a football, you still made a bad decision or put a ball in a bad place, but he just didn't catch it, so your stats look good. How many of those plays are turnover worthy? And you don't see many of those from CJ. No. He's been, and, well, and we, we haven't even touched on the defense. We will. Let's do that on the other side. Well, we've got Dana on the other side. Oh, Dana's on the other side. Goodness gracious. We got to go. Take it a break. Don't go anywhere. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Time for you me not to talk about it. ESPN 97. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Offensive Masterminds. Running an outside zone on your intelligence, John Granado and Lance Zerline. All right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, our weekly visit with the head coach of the Houston Cougars, brought to you by Damaris Barbecue, HRMP, and Chastain Ford. Dana Holgerson coming off the big win over Sam Houston. Dana, welcome in. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Congratulations on taking care of the business. Before we, before we start, uh, it's Taylor Swift week. What's your favorite Taylor Swift song? <laughs> Name one. I can't. I can't either. I can't either. I can't. Blank Sorry. Space. Come on. What is it? Blank Space 22. No. They're, they're bangers. Come on. <laughs> I'm sure I would recognize a few of them, but uh, I, don't God, God, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, because it's all about <clears throat> guys hurting their feelings or something. Um, is that what it's all about? No, I don't know. I don't know any Taylor Swift songs. Um, so, okay. So, okay. One question that we had earlier today. Was did Ruben throw up in the first half or the second half? <laughs> I uh, deleted social media accounts uh, for obvious reasons about a month ago, um, so I don't see any of that stuff. But I did get shown that, 
<clears throat> one of my coaches in our in our staff meeting said you might want to see this. And yeah, that was quite the episode that he had. Um, that was in the first half. You know, it was. You know, it, the first couple of weeks, but the big thing was heat, right? So we, we like talked about it. We prepared for it. Actually, in pregame, we didn't put pads on uh, because it was five o'clock in the afternoon, and you know the on-field temperature was like a hundred and thirty. Um, you know, and then it kind of it kind of broke a little bit a couple of weeks ago. You know, it actually started raining a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, against uh, TCU game three uh, was a little later, and so we put pads on, and the weather was actually, you know, pretty good. Uh, didn't consider it last week. Um, you know, moved the, cl- the the thing back to 6 o'clock, and we just, you know, we, we needed to be more physical, and so I'm like, keep the pads on. We need to get out there and get them ready to go. Uh, it was 5 o'clock, and the on-field temperature was about 125. So it was pretty hot. So those guys were pretty gassed early. Um, you know, we obviously always, you know, encourage them to drink as much as they possibly can and eat as much as they possibly can. Um, you know, the hotel that we're staying at here is we're actually staying on campus at the University of Houston. The, the Hilton Hotel um, has, uh, uh, you know, a hospitality uh, thing that's pretty good. You know, it's what they major in, right? So it's a hotel restaurant management group. They built a new wings. So there's a bunch of good new rooms, and so they can accommodate us. So uh, they're taking good care of us. The food's real good. So evidently, Reuben took advantage of that and ate <laughs> as much as he possibly could prior to getting over there because it all came out on the field. And uh, for those, it's went viral. It is. It's a national video of him walking up to the line of scrimmage and puking all over. Yourself. Your question was: It was the first half. Did he have to? Did you guys give him a new jersey? At or half did time? he have to wear the same puke stained jersey throughout the rest of the ball game? I, I imagine he got a new one. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't know. It, it surprised me if he did. Actually, uh, things happen in football. You know, I mean, people get cut, and there's. There's blood in those in those jerseys, and and I know that sounds disgusting, and you know that I've heard stories of people just going ahead and and using the restroom when they have to do it as well in the middle of the first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> so especially some of these linemen, some of these linemen are they're they get they get real sweaty and pretty disgusting. Those those trenches are the real deal now. So I was proud of Ruben, though. I mean, you know, years past he would have came out and not went back in. Um, uh, he he came out, you know, and kind of, you know, got a drink of water and rinsed out, I guess, and tried to go back in there. And we 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 were we were driving down the field using some tempo, and so we kept Caden Bury in there, which is a freshman. Thought he went in and handled it just fine. One of the only freshman offensive linemen that I've ever put into a game. Uh, he went in there and he did good, you know. And we went down the field and scored a touchdown. And then the very next series, Ruben went back in there, so I was proud of him how he did that. Good stuff. Dana Alderson with us here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Uh, congratulations. Okay, tell us what you thought of Donovan on uh, Saturday night. I thought he played really good. <laughs> you know, he um, he was disappointed with how he played a week ago and had a really good week of practice. You know, one thing that wasn't talked about last week, I didn't really want it out there, was he had no bleak stream uh, in the first quarter against TCU. And you could see – a lot of times when he was throwing the ball, he was kind of buckling over in pain. Um, it was still sore on Tuesday, but he went out there and practiced and 
Same thing Wednesday got a little better, and he went out there and practiced. And then Thursday felt pretty good, and went out there and practiced. And Saturday was a <clears throat> was a hundred percent. And I thought he played really good. He managed the game good. Uh, put the ball in play. Completed seventy five percent of his passes. Uh, didn't turn the ball over. Um, you know, got a couple of touchdowns with his with his with his legs. Had had positive yards there and a couple of carries and and played really well. You know, I mean, he's a motivated young man. Uh, he, he wants to do good. He's a good team guy. Uh, for a guy that's been on campus for eight months, I mean, he's, he's leading our, our team right now, you know, and so, you know, one of the, one of the moves that we made last week was, uh, you know, the young man, Uwe Ale, uh, who, who the left-handed guy that went in and, uh, first pass, uh, dropped a dime in the back of the end zone and just one of the Sam kids made an unbelievable play. Um, and, and, and broke that pass up. And then his second college snap, he threw a slant route to Stacy Sneed and it went, you know, 65 yards for a touchdown, uh, which was, which was awesome to see. You know, he's, he's a guy that brings something different to the table. You know, competition makes people play better, you know, and so who he's going to keep getting better, uh, gives us a, a great number two option right there, but that's going to motivate Donovan to continue to get better as well. Coach, you mentioned a couple of young players contributing. Another one was Parker Jenkins. First start, three touchdowns, got fortunate on one, one bounce right back to him near the goal line. Was this something that was building, getting him more carries and more and uh, and starting, or did this happen over the over the week of practice where he had a really good week? Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, he he was a he, you know true freshman. I mean, this guy is too good to be true. I'm telling you, he's a <laughs> he's a great kid. You know, Houston native, uh, true freshman. You get you get worried about putting true freshmen in the game. Uh, you know you got to let you got to see it a couple of games before you really feel comfortable doing that. But he played a couple of snaps game one. Um, you know didn't do anything wrong. Uh, got in there game two, made a couple of carries. You know looked pretty good. Uh, game three, where I really noticed him in the first half was on kickoff return. He's our off returner, and. Did a great job of leading Matt Golden up in there and getting the block and springing Matt. And then Matt went and scored a hundred yard touchdown right there. And so then they kick away from Matt and it goes to Parker and Parker takes that thing and, and leg drives his way up to midfield. Uh, looked pretty good. Took another one to midfield later in the game. And so we played him at running back a little bit and it looked good. So I made the decision. I was like, look, you know, a couple of our older guys are kind of nicked up and. And um, I didn't think Stacy Sneed had a very good game against TCU. He came back and played really good um, against Sam Houston. I was proud of Stacy. He can do a lot of different things. But said, Parker, you're the guy. And so he went in there and, as a true freshman, just took that thing over. I mean, had three rushing touchdowns. They weren't easy yards. But he's got balance. He's got leg, great leg drives. <laughs> I believe you're in at 10 400 at, at Klein Forest. He was part of their. Four by one team that was uh, had one of the fastest times in the entire nation. So this kid's awesome. And oh yeah, by the way, he's got a four point He was National Honor Society out of high school and is making straight A's here at, at the University of Houston. Dana Holgerson brought to you by Damaris Barbecue, Chastang Ford, and HRP every week right here on ESPN ninety seven five and ninety two five. I'm looking at a tweet from you know, Houston football. You got your players of the game. Lane Wilkins, the punter, had a, a big game. Latrell McCutcheon. What is that? A Caleb McMickle. What is that? Caleb McMickle. Uh, he's a quarterback. So he's a freshman quarterback out of Atlanta. Um, you know, kind of a developmental guy. 
uh, played played in an offense uh, out of Atlanta that was 100% under center. You know, I mean, nobody does that anymore. Nobody in high school plays football under center. But he played football under center, so his his video wasn't wasn't great. But he did the whole camp circuit and came here, and we liked him. Took a chance on him. You know, he's still growing. He's so young and raw, and and doesn't really know what he's doing. But uh, great kid, and uh, is running our scout team quarterback room right now. So I'm uh, looking for him to get better and better. Uh, you mentioned Lane. Um, Lane's fun to watch now. I mean, he's, uh, you know, I think him and Jack Martin both are, are kicker. The punter-kicker combo right here is as good as I've had since, in a long time, you know. But, uh, you know, Lane didn't punt in the first half. where He was happy with that. We got out there in the second half, had two opportunities. He pin punts as good as anybody I've ever seen. Like, he dropped that thing right down on the two-yard line. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he's got such a big leg. <clears throat> you know, we were kicking from – I think it was like minus 45, which is not a pin punt situation. But we told our outside gunner, go to the goal line, because don't be surprised if he drops that thing down in there. And sure enough, he dropped it right on the five-yard line. And the guy tried to catch it and dropped it, and the ball went out of bounds. So he pinned him inside the five twice. It's just a, just a whole lot of fun to watch. Attack uh, this week going there. Uh, obviously, a lot of history with you. Uh, the last couple of years, been playing them. Uh, now you go there, Tyler Shuck out for six to eight weeks, and the kid that came in and, and took over for him was thirteen for thirty-seven. So he had a rough time of it. Um, what do you what do you expect out of out of Texas Tech this week? Well, uh, th- those were pretty awful conditions at West Virginia last week. It rained and it was cold the entire the entire day, so that was kind of a. a, a you know, a, a hard situation for them, especially putting the backup in. But that backup, he's a, he's a gunslinger. <laughs> he's a West Texas kid, grew up in Lubbock. His dad's a coach. Uh, you know, he played he played last year, okay, so as a true freshman. He played last year. That quarterback room was pretty deep last year, which is why Donovan Smith decided to get out of there and, and come here. And so, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's got the more experience of the, of the two, uh, going to Lubbock, he's got more experience on that field than uh, than than the other kid does. But that other kid is very familiar with what they do. That was that was Coach McGuire's prized recruit uh, when he got the job a couple of years ago, and so they're very comfortable with him. That's gonna that that was always going to be their guy after this Tyler show was done. Um, so you know they'll get those guys going. They've had they've had a couple of tough losses. You know they they had Oregon on the ropes. Uh, you know, in in uh, Lubbock a couple weeks ago, uh, didn't get that done after the upset at Wyoming, which is a tough, tough place to play. So these guys have had a hard road, and, you know, it's time for them to regroup and get it together. So we're going to get their best shot. There's no question it's going to be a huge challenge for us. You know, I did remind them of what happened last year, yesterday. You know, we had that game one at the end. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're excited about going up there. We know everything that we need to know about, about playing in Lubbock and about what their team is. Um, you know, they're a little wounded, but they're going to come out fighting. And, and, uh, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to be able to compete against them. And quickly, how are you health wise? As good as we've been all year. We held out, <laughs> we held out about three or four guys last week that probably could have played. Um, and so we, we, we got all our guys. We're ready to go play.
That's great. Well, congratulations. That was uh, it was a, a nice night there. A lot of fun. A beautiful night for football. A good crowd. It was uh, the way that it should have gone. You took care of that business. Now go get this done at Texas Tech, and we'll talk to you again next week. All right. Sounds good. Go Cougs. All right. There's uh, Dana Holgerson brought to you by Damaris Barbecue, uh, brought to you by Chastank Ford, and by HRP right here every week on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Breaking it here. Someone 3780 Anything you want to talk about, you're more than welcome to get in. Let's go. While Lance is bopping with his schnitzels, these guys are doing the heavy sports talk lifting in the Veritex Community Bank Studios. It's Del Olalea and Johnny G. All right. We mentioned it a little bit earlier. It was a, what is it, a cup check or a nut nut tap? There are multiple yeah. ways to describe well, yeah. it. I mean, Sauce went a little extreme, said Max Jones tried to ruin his chance of having a family or something like that. If you don't know... In the middle of the Jets-Patriots game, where the Jets lost again to the Patriots, because that's what they always do, I think it's at 15 straight that they lost to the Patriots. I think it's somewhere along there. Uh, only the Jags are worse against the team. Well, the Jags and the Texans. Um, I think it's like 9 out of 10, 10 out of 11 or something like that. But 10 of 11, huh? But um, in the middle of a pileup, Mac Jones, I think a quarterback sneak, and he's getting kind of mangled by the Jets, and then he rolls off to the side. Um, and then as he gets up... A uh, sauce gardener standing very close to him, and as he gets up, Mac kind of just gives him a little tap with his with maybe the his palm or not the palm, but the the back side of his hand. And Sauce reacts and then shoves him, and then Sauce Gardner reactivates his Twitter account simply to point out that he didn't just shove Mac Jones because he wanted to or he felt like it. He shoved him because Mac. Hit him there, and he had a video, not a great video. Looked like Sauce filmed a, a video screen with his own phone didn't, from not a great angle. So you don't see it. So if you're a Patriot fan or you don't like the Jets, you're, you're going after Sauce saying, there's nothing there, there's nothing there. What are you saying? And then for someone sent Diana Rossini, who's now at The Athletic, a better version. And if you slow it down and she, and she goes like back and to the left, like it's the Seinfeld episode when they're doing the whole spitting thing. I think it was a spitting episode uh, mimicking the, the shooting in Dallas with mm-hmm. Kennedy. You can see Mac flexing that hand and tapping sauce in that area. And now it's out there. And Tom Pelissero of NFL Network has tweeted that there isn't expected to be a suspension, but there could be a fine for Mac This Jones. is multiple incidents now. With Mac Jones, yes, he tri- he tripped. Was it a, was it a trip before that he he has, did he? Well, did, that's Grayson Allen tripping people. Uh, Mac, no, he kicked, also yeah he kicked someone in that area yeah. too. At was he was on the ground. Is is he more Draymond or Grace Grayson Allen? Because he's going for the for the junk a lot. He's Draymond goes for the junk a lot. He's Draymond Chris Allen. There's a Chris Paul element to him too. Yeah. Chris Paul goes Draymond, nut tap pa- Draymond Paul Allen is what he is. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mac Jones. He's the football version. That's a basketball move. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. And cornerbacks, I think uh, Darius Slay, who had actually had a game last night, as he saw Sauce Gardner tweet about it, said, just called Mac Dirty and other things. Uh, it, he has a reputation. And I don't know if it's because he's a quarterback that they're not going to suspend him or is that just the rule that they don't suspend you just because you tap a guy in that area uh but maybe a fine comes his way but mac jones will roll out there again and be on the lookout if you're a defensive player if if he's a little frustrated 
he may tap you in a place you want to get tapped at. Yeah, but better watch yourself. Watch your junk while you're around Mac Jones. He's the kind of guy that just walk up and give you. Yeah, and those guys. Are, those guys have always sucked. Awful. But Mac doesn't do it out of like oh ha ha prank. I no. think he does it out of like frustration, which I, it's almost worse. I'd rather you be the 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 a hole who does that because you think it's funny, not because you're a little pissed off and you're going to hit me there, particularly when you're a grown man on the football field. Like, yeah, that ends like at fit right. How old do you have to be where that's? It's always unacceptable, but then you kind of let it go when you're like like high school, college age. Does that stop at like twenty? The the cup check stops at like twenty, right? It it should at about that age. No, yeah, I mean stop already. Yeah, why are you tapping yeah. me there? What are you what are you what's what's funny about that to anyone? Yeah. Um. So before we go to break, is this Taylor Swift thing? A huge democratic invention. I've seen the tweets, the conspiracy theories. Taylor Swift registers Democrats. Uh-huh. All right. All young people, girls, uh, very, uh, very liberal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have all this view of the world, right? Kelsey rumored to date Swift. Kelsey appears in Pfizer ad a few days later. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift appears at Chiefs game. Democrats and pharma teaming up to manipulate sports athletes and musicians to use their influence influence for the establishment. Is this is is Kelsey just oh now he doesn't have a beard and he just has a mustache. That's not a but beard. is he a beard? Well I don't think what do you mean? A beard. It's just all phony. This is a democratic beard. So you think the Democrats got together and wanted to team Kel why pick Travis Kelsey of all people? Well, he's the, the young people like him. He had a show, a stupid show where he does stupid things. Sure. The young people like that. But if we're trying to use an influential football player and team them with Taylor Swift to get out the vote, I guess. But it's got to be believable, too. Who are you thinking? Well, she's in her 30s. Who's a young? Well, not young. I guess you, well, want, you want age appropriate, I guess, for yeah. Taylor Swift, I guess. So someone uh, in their 30s who would fit the profile. Well, Is Travis Kelsey the best choice? I think he might be. Well, he has his own, he's a very he's got a very popular podcast, and yeah. he has a voice there. Hmm, I'm trying to think of a of a more you know an unmarried. Like Mahomes is married, so sure, yeah. But Travis, but would the Swifties appreciate a man who's been alleged to have cheated on his previous girlfriend? Yeah, I don't think. Listen, we talked to the girls. Well, I don't they know. All, if they, I don't know if like they. Him. I don't know if they know about Kelsey's past yet. That might come out, and it might change oh, well. how people feel. Oh well. I don't know. I don't know if Kelsey's the best choice. That mustache isn't very democratic. The beard used to be. Yeah. But the mustache I, says something else. No, it says grow a beard is what it says. <laughs> yeah, or cut, or just be clean. Yeah, candy. I don't know. But, but he likes to look weird, and, and I, she she might like that. I don't know. I don't know. Look, if you look but at, is this a Democrat? Did Joe Biden put the two of them together to work for the Democratic National Party? Um, I feel like people are very divided on party lines. I don't think Taylor Swift is going to get people or Travis Kelsey, that relationship is going to get people to not vote Republican. Who's you're, you, uh, you don't have, you're a staunch believer in certain things. Would a, would a Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift, a uh, relationship change your views on anything? Well, no, but I'm old. I'm not, that's not me. So what, but a kid, so, oh my God, Travis Kelsey, he says, go get a shot. Oh, I got to go get a shot. Yeah, but, but does Biden at this point care about shots? He cares, he cares about votes. He does care about votes, but he also is all about that shot thing. <laughs> pharma, he's getting paid by big pharma. So you're all about that he's butt taking, thing, and he's all about right, that shot he's thing. He's all about that shot thing. 
and he's getting probably getting big money from Pfizer. I think to you, keep that up, I keep, think keep that same. Energy. I think if any anyone who cares about this this much, get a life. Hmm. If it's real, if it's not, it, get a life. I'm telling you, this is real, and we're being uh, brainwashed uh, by Taylor. We are being brainwashed by Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Do you feel like your ba- brain chemistry has changed? I think I'm going to vote for Biden now. Okay, sure. I'm kind of going right after the show to that, get a shot, and I'm already, probably going to vote already, for Biden. You already got your shots. What are you talking about? You going to get more, more? a booster? You going to get a booster shot now? Yeah. Because Pfizer and because Travis, Pfizer and Travis, Travis Kelsey, Kelsey told, told you, that. yeah, that's likely the Kansas City Chiefs tight end is going to convince you to get a told shot. Told me, I'm and trying I'm to. I'm trying to figure out what person could possibly convince you to do something you didn't want to do, particularly in that area. Who could do it? It wouldn't be the tight end for the Chiefs. It's, nobody can yeah, exactly. nobody can't convince me to exactly. do stuff I don't want to do. Well, maybe some stuff, but not, not the shot thing. Yeah, no. Maybe Chef Kate yeah, from Tony's could she, Oh, he what? could Chef, Chef Kate, Kate. Chef Kate from Tony's. No more burgers. Oh. No more burgers unless you get the shot. She cuts you off unless you get the shot. Wow. I, no you no more burgers from Tony's unless you, unless get, the you get the shot. Love Chef Kate. Love my I wife. Know, I she know makes me plant flowers and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Should have stayed in that high she rise. Does. Yeah, I know. That's what you're right. You're so right about that. <laughs> Why? I thought you were that. empty nesters. Why did you get a house again? <sighs> Why? Because you- of COVID. Try to get in an elevator when everybody is home in a building. It's the worst. So you legit. You you left that place because of you elevator, the, you elevator wait, issues. When you have to wait ten minutes, fifteen minutes every time you want to go downstairs. They got they got f you money. That's what this is. Oh, we're just gonna get a new house. Well, we don't. We don't want to do the elevator thing. We we'll no. just get a house. F you, money. No. That's what that is. No, if that doesn't sound like a man of the people move. <laughs> no. That's a man of the people. Exactly. A man of the people says, "You know no. what? You know, I'm inconvenienced. I'm going to buy but a house." A little shack. We're all good. <laughs> yeah. That's where Wendy would live. A little shack. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This man is. We got a break. Was, we got a break. Now he wants out because we found something no. here that he doesn't want us to dig into. We found it. Oh yeah, man of the people. You know what? We're inconvenienced <laughs> by we're elevators. We're buying a house to solve this problem. Okay. We got to break yeah. it here. Oh, look, Lance Jr., Lance 2.0. Nah. Now, Lance will do something because Lance will extend segments to talk about dew points. We uh, found something not good here. You yeah, don't want to talk terrible. about it. I, What's great is Doc Linville. Art, you that's heard him. What, that's what we want to talk about, Doc Linville. You're looking for the best way to get hair. Doc Linville gives you hair. Well, he won't give you hair. He's going to move your hair. It's hair movement, okay? Move it from the side to the back to the front to your hairline. There's so many people that he has helped in the city of Houston. And you just heard a a spot a little while ago. He could do the PRP as well. Maybe you're just thinning and you need to stimulate that growth. Well, the PRP, where they draw some blood, mix it up, and inject it in your head where it will stimulate the hair growth, it's great. And it's so much cheaper. And Doc says, I don't care. I don't care about the money. I just don't care. I want to help people. And you know, he says, if you need PRP instead of the neografting, I'm not going to make you get the neografting. But the neografting, he says, I don't care about this either. How about this? I am going to give you a discount right now. And the discount, on, on average, is going to save about $1,000 on this thing. So, and that's, you know, I'm telling you that you're saving a lot of money, a big percentage when you do it this way. If you're looking for a great way to get hair right now, there's one place to go. 975hair.com, 975hair.com. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5.